Welcome to uh, From Poverty to Power, the podcast. Um, with me today, I have one of the unsung heroes of the Oxfam campaigning uh, system, Richard English, who's just been telling me that he's been at Oxfam for 33 years uh, and has been in campaigning for 25 years. And what Richard does within Oxfam is he, he, he trains year after year after year uh, a bunch of people in campaigns, advocacy, this broad term we use, influencing. Um, and he now has alums going all, all over the world doing the influencing thing. And he's just written, uh, written this all up into a really excellent influencing for impact guide. So welcome, Richard. Welcome. Thank you. Pleased um, to be here. So far. <laughs> Let's yeah. see if it stays that way. Um, so I'm going to you know, uh, ask you a bunch of questions. I've, I've tweeted, um, you know, uh, uh, I've had a few suggestions via Twitter I want to ask you. So let's, uh, let's see if we can get through all this and, and, and try and excavate the, the guts of the guide in as interesting a way as possible. I mean, let's start though on Oxfam and influencing. So what for you on in your 25 years in the campaigning uh, world in Oxfam, what are the high points? What are the examples you would point to as an example where Oxfam or another NGO really got it right, really achieved something. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we some of our one or two of our global campaigns, um, and I think about the Control Arms campaign, um, which started way back uh, in the late nineties, um, uh, where which was focused on achieving. I think you did a blog on it, actually, Duncan, probably a, a while ago. I wrote a paper on it. You wrote a whole paper on it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where it was focused very much on an international arms trade treaty and the way that that went, where they went about that with Amnesty, with IANSA, uh, and the fact that they were uh, focused uh, on initially on trying to, you know, engage with the UN system. But they had to find their champion countries uh, and build you know, good relationships with those uh, uh, key people within those countries. Uh, they weren't necessarily powerful and they had some big opponents, uh, but essentially they then took a kind of regional approach um, and got some regional wins at the EU level. Uh, they also had a popular campaign kind of built into it, uh, uh, which also contributed to the campaign. Uh, and, and, and essentially over time, uh, they recognized uh, that uh, they just had to kind of kind of build up build up the pressure and get 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 um, champion countries on board uh, to kind of tackle the big fish uh, the big uh, the big players uh, and it was through some smart influencing campaigning and advocacy work uh, that they were able to kind of achieve something uh, and one of one of the main I think uh, reasons behind that was their, 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 their persistence uh, in terms of kind of following, following through, uh, but also kind of adapting uh, as, they, as they went away, uh, as they went along um, uh, in terms of their learning. So there's a, I mean, that's, it's a great example. I love that, that, that campaign and also leadership by Anna McDonald, mm. really crucial. Yep. I think. Um, yeah. And that picks up a lot of the themes which are in the guide in that you're, yeah, the importance of being politically astute understanding the system you're trying to influence, that combination of insider and outsider, adaptation, persistence. Yeah, it, it, that was, yeah, it must have been a formative influence judging by, by what's in the guide. Um, 
How about low points? What, would, what, what do you think is the most spectacular failure that you've seen? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. I mean, the one thing that disappointed me, um, because it was so loud and it was so impactful um, at the time, was the Make Poverty History campaign. Uh, and Oxfam and a lot of other people got involved in that. Uh, and all the focus was on achieving something at Glen Eagles in terms of the promises from the international community the G- around the G8, the G8, the G8 meeting yeah, mm-hmm. in 2005, and, you know, and trying to get commitments on aid, on debt, uh, and on, on trade justice. Um, and I remember, because I was there um, uh, at the time, uh, up in Edinburgh, when we had the big march, um, and we were really trying to make an impact. And I remember having a, 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 one of the bottles from Glen Eagles, the bottle of water, um, and, and I kept that. And I said, right, okay, they've made these promises, uh, and I will open this bottle and drink it when they deliver them. <laughs> I've still got that bottle. It's a very old. I haven't been able to drink it yet because a lot of those commitments uh, were not carried through. Interesting. So the disappointment for you is that they didn't meet the commitments. Absolutely. It's that implementation. You get the promises, you put a lot of effort in, you get the promises, uh, and then a lot of them aren't implemented. The campaign dies away, uh, and you move on to another issue, and there's a kind of a, a, a disappointment in there. Okay, I think I have other issues with Make Poverty History, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> I've a terrible sure. campaign because it exaggerated the importance of the international system yeah. and underplayed yeah. the importance of national politics. I but agree. That is a different conversation. All right. Um, so looking at those two, how would you define success? I have, yeah, one of the responses on Twitter was, Twitter was, well, when do you know that something's a success? How do you measure it? Yeah, interesting one. I mean, I, my, my, my approach is having been involved in, in these global campaigns initially uh, and what's the UK uh, constituency contribution to those in terms of influencing the UK government or wherever. That's my starting point in terms of influencing. But very much uh, I, over the last few years, I've been focusing on where, well, where does change happen? Uh, and, and, uh, and if you're trying to make a systemic change through the system, making choices about, you know, do you focus on individual change? Uh, do you focus on local household community change? Uh, uh, do you focus on national change? And then how do you then uh, influence the, the, the terms of uh, the debate around some of these issues on the global stage? And what's the connection between those? Um, and, uh, and my feeling there is, is that um, uh, you have to make, uh, you have to go through a good thinking process in terms of what's the context in which you're working uh, and what's the right route to change on your issue and then find out, well, what is your particular, as an organization, uh, what's your particular contribution to that? Um, Sorry, yeah, but, no, 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 okay. trajectory over time, has, has your emphasis shifted in terms of the level that these things happen? Have you changed your mind about the nature of change or the nature of how campaigns bring about change? Um, 
I think that it's a, I think it has to be a, a, a combination of recognizing um, uh, that ultimately people at the local level who need changes in their lives need to be engaged and involved in the change process. They have to own it. They have to be um, uh, kind of persistent. They have to join with others uh, uh, and they have to be able to have more voice. They have to address governance systems uh, that they're working with uh, within their countries. Uh, they have to challenge power. They have to understand their own power uh, uh, and, and, and reflect on that. Um, uh, and, uh, and they need to uh, uh, collectively then be able to uh, join together um, and address those that hold power, decision-making power directly, uh, and either persuade them or put pressure on them to make change. Interesting. But what you've produced here is a guide for really, which assumes quite a high, I think, educational level. Uh, it, it's, it's aimed at essentially professional activists. Mm. So one of the things, yeah, whether they're in NGOs or in mm. uh, grassroots organizations, is people who are basically putting days, if not, yeah, at least several days a week, if not seven days a week, into this kind of work. So I just wanted to ask you a bit about how do you feel about professionalization? Because guides like, like the one you've produced and yeah, um, other guides, I'll ask about that in a minute, they basically are turning influencing and activism into, a, into a, almost like a discipline, a professional discipline with um, certain techniques and, and tools understood. Um, and the risk, uh, yeah, the, the upside of that is it, that influencing can be far more effective as you gave the example of the arms trade treaty and the control arms campaign. But the, 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 but the risk is that it somehow puts a wedge in between professional activists and those grassroots movements that you're talking about changing their own situations because they haven't got time to go and do the, the course and they haven't got, you know, um, and, and so therefore you've, you've almost taken that activism away from the communities. So yeah. how do you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a guide that was initially conceived as something internal for Oxfam, uh, for Oxfam country teams, uh, for uh, Oxfam people and their partners who were developing uh, influencing components of their programs or standalone campaigns. Uh, but we felt that when we were refreshing it and updating it, what we wanted to do is make it available externally uh, to the world. Um, uh, and, I, I pushed you to do that because I use it with my students and they love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and there is, it, there is quite a lot of depth in it. Um, I agree that it is, um, you know, that it is at a, at a level where if you want to engage with it, um, most people coming are going, probably going to, as you say, be professional activists. Uh, but I, 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 but it's also designed where you can choose which bits you want and move around in it. So if you're interested in different tactics or different approaches, uh, you can go to those uh, areas uh, and, and learn from it. Okay. Um, and I, I 
in terms of the in terms of the 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 process by which you think about your context and design an effective influencing strategy um, we we do use this with our partner organizations uh, this the, the these tools and approaches and they go down well um, uh, and in a you know in a training uh, or in when you bring people together uh, and, and 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 work with them around well you know what are the things that they're trying to change uh, within their context and how they're going to go about doing that you know all the basic issues of understanding the context in which they're working under understanding power uh, kind of working out what the opportunities and the barriers are doing a good power analysis and then working out which are the best strategies that you can use and tactics that you can use to influence I think that are very relevant to local activists working at the community level uh, to professional organizations you know who are also doing campaigning uh, uh, and advocacy work at the national or the global level okay and that also responds to one of the questions on twitter which is why is it so long and the point yeah. is you're not supposed to read it from beginning to end unless you're yeah. a masochist okay yeah so you dip absolutely. In. all right all right so another question on twitter was you know there's a lot of these you know lots of activist organizations have produced yeah. guides yeah. of differing lengths mm. would you point to anything in particular that's different or special about this one or would you just say that this is Oxfam's best best yeah, best effort. Uh, this is how we do stuff. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen quite a lot of guides myself, and some of them are really good, and and, and I've learned a lot from them. Um, I think that, um, I mean, this 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 guide was produced with a particular audience in mind, um, and the the main the central part of this guide is is part two which is how to design effective strategies um, and what's the process the thinking process that you should go through to make the right choices about the tactics and the strategies that you use dependent on your context and your issue um, and 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 therefore uh, and then there then there are the kind of detailed sessions around uh, sections around um, the, the different tactics which if you have chosen to go down that route there's more information and there's more links that you can that you can follow and I suppose the fact that it's an internal guide which has now been made public is interesting in itself in that you know this is not um, public propaganda or you know or sometimes external guides are maybe a bit oversimplified or this is like this is our best effort this is how we train our own people and if you can get anything from it that's useful off you go um which is kind of an i quite like that because i i, I don't like the, the the sort of packaging that goes around producing things for public consumption often so i quite like the, the you know this is this is our internal stuff have a look seems mm. to be a much better way of doing it um when i skimmed it i must admit i did not read it end to end but i skimmed it um it felt like a lot more outsider than insider you know these two wings of campaigning where one is putting on a suit and going to try and make friends with the minister or the special advisor and get them to, to to you know let somebody into the room or tweak a bit of legislation or something and the other bit is trying to get a big movement of people on the street or in the press or on social media pushing from outside it felt to me like a lot more of the emphasis here was on the outside a bit 
the inside of it was sometimes pretty pretty thin, like the bit on political economy analysis, which yeah was was just like a page and fairly fairly sort of perfunctory. Is that a fair description? Would you say? I'm sure you're going to say no. <laughs> um, no, I I can I, I can imagine you picking up on that, um, and I mean I think that there are good examples of in of insider strategy within the guide, particularly around the private sector. Uh, when we talk about the private sector work uh, that Oxfam does uh, with others uh, and how they influence both uh, uh, insider through collaboration with private sector but also um, you know when they when they really do strong advocacy uh, and campaigns uh, within the with the private sector and business practices um, on the political economy analysis I mean I think that um, you know the the, the central a section of the guide, which is about how you design an effective strategy, covers most of the areas you would find in a good political economy analysis. Um, the, the difference is, is that it doesn't go so in depth, but we do link to some other very good resources uh, by Joe Rowlands, who did one based on political economy analysis in Myanmar, uh, from, from how they used it there, for those people that want, that want to go deeper. Uh, and 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 I think that um, yeah we can uh, and I've looked at some of the other political economy analysis guides and I think oh that's a power analysis that's a good context analysis and and they are in the guide itself yeah and I suppose one of the weaknesses of political economy analyses is that they are treated as a standalone separate yeah. exercise yeah. for highly paid consultants which then never get read so yeah. so mainstreaming it into your into into the the the, the wider piece of work, it does make sense. Um, I didn't think there was a lot in there for things like how public policy is made. But I guess that's a different yeah. discipline, yeah. Uh, a different department or in the university or whatever, but um, okay. Um, another another um, possible gripe or a sort of criticism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of campaign wins are accidents. Yeah, so mm -hmm. they are, you know, something happens and you get a completely unexpected impact and, and um, it then gets, uh, but then afterwards it's rewritten as a, as a brilliant piece of planning, uh, you know, and yeah. we, we foresaw all of this and I'll be great. Um, I thought the, 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 the importance of accidents uh, and serendipity didn't come out very strongly. There was a quite a planner mentality in this that you can plan your way to victory in a campaign. Uh, and if you can, good luck to you. But in a lot of campaigns, you need luck and you need accident. Um, uh, and, and I wasn't, I didn't see that, but tell me if I'm right or wrong on that one. Yeah, I know you're, you're big on this one. And, and, I, and, and I think in some, you know, in some ways you're right. Um, you know, that there is uncertainty, of course, uh, and opportunities arise and things change. Um, I mean, I think that what the, the, uh, the guy does cover is that yes you need a plan and then you need to go out and do some things uh, and in going out and doing some things you're going to learn about uh, uh, whether you've got you're on the right track or not um, and it also does you know deal with you know how do you deal with it, making sure that your assumptions about how you think change will happen uh, as part of your planning process you know have you got those right and how do you test those along the way which can relate to then how you monitor uh, and evaluate and learn and adapt as you go along. Um, 
I, I agree with you. You have to be flexible because opportunities arise, things change, and you don't know what impact you're going to have until you go out and do something. Um, uh, and, and, and we all know that, you know, you might have a plan uh, and then something happens in the external environment and you have to switch across. I, I, I think that that issue is probably not as strong as it could be in the guide. Uh, but I do think, you know, that the, the, the element of making sure that you're kind of monitoring and, and, and learning as you do things is there. Well, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I'm sure you didn't use the Mike Tyson quote, but it's a great quote, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. But that is the experience of a lot of campaigners. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess the source is tainted. Um, but that's quite interesting what you just said, because that kind of raises the question that you can have planned and unplanned forms of adaptation. So the planned adaptation is, yeah, every three months we're going to stand back, we're going to examine our assumptions, and we're going to adjust accordingly, mm. which mm. is a kind of comfort zone form of adaptation. Mm. The unplanned ad adaptation is, oh my God, something just terrible has happened. What do we do? Mm. Um, or something great has happened. What do we do? And my experience in Oxfam is that people can get very anxious about that unplanned form because there's such a strong emphasis on planned adaptation at mm. best. And mm. that, that, that kind of rolling with the punches in Mike Tyson sort of terms, it, people find it very um, uh, anti-institutional. They find it very difficult to deal with that kind of managed chaos. But a lot of campaigning involves managing chaos in my experience. But this is probably why I'm not in the Oxfam campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah okay i mean uh, we're coming to the end richard this has been fantastic uh, uh uh few insights into what is a very big and rich guide i'm going to ask you the, the impossible question what is the single biggest message you think the guide has for the next generation of activists influencers people who want to change the world oh my god um that is a very that's a very big question. <laughs> I should have warned you, but I, sorry. That's okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I would say, and I, I probably already said it. Think about the context in which you're wanting to help make change happen, um, and and at what level are you? as part or as an activist, as part of an organization who's passionate about wanting to make social change, what, what, what level can you operate at in order to make a, you know, a, real, a, a real contribution to that? And think, think it through uh, and then do as much as you can to bring people along with you uh, and work with others um, uh, in, a, in an empowering way. Uh, and then, uh, as I was saying before, kind of track it, learn as you go along, adapt, kind of be flexible, but be persistent. Fantastic. I'm going to write that on some sort of, you know, label. Um, uh, so knowledge, self-knowledge, respect, relationships, Think, adapt, and persist. There we are. Yeah, you, that's very good. It down. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, final question from Twitter. You know, you've been campaigning for 25 years and you are one of the nicest people in Oxfam. 
you know, you never have a mean word for anybody. You never seem to get angry. How do you do it? Is there some, is there a terrible portrait in the attic um, of the other Richard or how do you do this? Um, yeah, I, I, I down, I download uh, through doing other stuff that isn't about my Oxfam campaigning work. <laughs> what, you, you kick your cat or something? No, no, no. <laughs> I go out and do a, a bloody long bicycle ride. <laughs> ah, okay, good. Exercise. <laughs> yeah, Catharsis. absolutely. Catharsis. Very much so. Okay. Catharsis yeah. or, or exercise. Absolutely. Or I just come in and, I mean, it's very interesting because I, and this is something about working at home, is about taking the hat off. Uh, and when you go into the office, you go into the office, uh, and I actually have uh, uh, probably different clothes that I wear when I go into the office. Um, and we've lost that for the moment. Yeah, exactly. And then I come home, and you know, and and now I'm just yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of different, and that that helps actually. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant, Richard English. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure.